0: This is my unreliable sources episode five. Welcome once again, my unreliable sources. Where a couple of men tackle topics they can't possibly do justice. Today we identify as uh, vanilla iced coffee. Vanilla iced co- vanilla iced coffee. Well, well, vanilla iced coffee that's very milky. Milky, yes. It's just a cup of milk. It's uh, it's
1: it's okay. McDonald's, you did it. A- Hashtag not sponsored. Uh, you know, café con choc? leche. This is leche con café. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, this is straight up milk. Today,
0: knowing the pursuit of happiness, does this, this happiness really exist?
1: Oh, so you stuck with my title?
0: Well, that's the title of, uh, of of today's podcast. We're gonna talk all about happiness. Is happiness real? Do we pursue happiness? What is happiness? Those, these are all the the questions I hopefully we we answer. But really quick, before we begin, I want to read you guys this quote. It's from uh, John D. Rockefeller. It says this, How much money is enough money? Just a little bit more.
1: Rockefeller, wow. I think that was in a Jay-Z song. <laughs> yeah, of course. They don't come up with their own stuff. Just kidding, I'm sorry. Question for us, guys.
0: What is the pursuit of happiness? What is the pursuit of happiness? Who, who can answer that question? Because uh, To be completely honest with you, I'm not sure where did, where did this term come from. First of all,
1: oh my God, we're already here. Mm. How about we get to question five when we get there? Oh. where did the pursuit of happiness come from? Ooh,
0: that's my yeah. question.
2: I wanna I wanna oh. see a little comment on the on the quote. Um, wow, well, I feel like it. Money is never gonna be enough for anybody, ever, and I feel like some people still believe that it will be, enough, you know, especially like lower class. Right. Like, let's say I, I get a, a million dollars tomorrow. I'm still not going to be any happier than I am today. It's very true. And that's what people are aiming for, for to become rich. And that's how they find happiness. And I don't think that's a way. And um, a lot of artists, a lot of famous people, a lot of um, people that we look up to, they, mu- they might have the funds, they might have all the money, but... Like J Cole said, it, being broke was better, bro. You, I think, um, the lower class are more happy, and the the there's a lot of famous people and a lot of rich people that are just not with everything that they can get anything in the world, and it's still not enough for them. So that's what I wanted to say about the about that quote. Yeah, it's true. Never, money is never going to be enough.
3: Who is John D. Rockefeller for some context? That for-
2: is one of the men who built America. Yeah,
1: Damn, according okay. to History Channel, yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I <laughs> love Men it. Men who
1: built America. It's a good documentary series. It's, it is it's pretty good. I watched that. Um, John D. Rockefeller was the founder and CEO and owner of the Standard Oil Company. It held a monopoly over oil for uh, at least a decade, decade and a half, um, back during the later stages of the Industrial Revolution. Uh, he was, and I think he continues to be, the richest man uh, wow. on earth. Uh, in terms of, of modern society, uh, especially it, it's, it's particularly in the United States, um, the richest man to have, to have ever lived in the United States. Well, um, but yeah, that for for that reason, I find it very fascinating that he would say such a quote. It's never enough. He needs just a little bit more. Yeah.
0: Well. How on earth can you be the richest man on earth? And still say something like that. Like, is there, is there something underlying from that?
1: It's that pursuit of happiness. He found, and not that he found, but I believe that he found pleasure in making more profit in in finding new ways of making money. Right. Um. And in a way, that is a huge part of why this country is so successful, because it's filled with people who are pursuing money and success and, and fame and glory um, in a way that few a few other nations constantly can produce, in my opinion.
2: And they're pursuing that money with doing things that they don't even like. People, <laughs> it's true. like, um, let's say, for example, um, a truck driver. Let's say I was a truck driver, I wouldn't be, I'd would be getting a lot of money. But I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be happy as a truck driver, sure. in my, my opinion, you know. So I feel that the pursuit of happiness is something that you do, no matter what it is, that you love to do and that makes you happy. No matter if it gets you money, no matter, as long as it makes you happy and you're, you're pursuing that, ha- because I don't think that you're ever going to reach us, like, the highest of happiness, you know. And, yeah, so as long as you're doing what you love, and if that's making you happy, then you should.
0: That's interesting because you yeah. just made a statement there. So you can never yeah, I don't achieve think oh. happiness. Yeah. It's always going to be a pursuit regardless. And you know, that's kind of what Rockefeller says there. What, what do you guys yeah. think about that? About the term or what Hector said? About what Hector just said. That statement he just said, that it's, it's not going to be possible to ever achieve happiness. It's, it's more like the pursuit everyone will always be pursuing.
1: It's a never-ending, the, the ceiling continues to rise as you approach it in, in that way. Because for them, the success, and for many people, um, the success is not in getting there. like It's not in reaching that destination. It's, on, it's in trying to reach that destination that a lot of people really, really enjoy. And there comes a point when you're just at that place... And you have nowhere else to grow where things start to make no sense. It's like, okay, I've made all the money that I've wanted to make. I've got all the things that I've wanted to get. I've achieved all the goals that I have set for myself. Why am I not happy? Why? Why? why where is my fulfillment? Why am I still as empty, if not even more empty than I was before? Hmm.
2: And that's just exactly what she said in the video. My whole...
1: Um, what video?
2: The video that we watched before this is about the YouTuber. We okay. watched a video about a YouTuber and uh, mental illness. So in the video, she said that her whole life she wanted to be a YouTuber. And then she said something that really hit me. She's like, what if you reach your dreams at such a young age? What are Your highest dream ever, you reached it at 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Then what? And she still felt lonely. and She still felt unhappy about herself. Dream bigger yeah and that, that, that hit me a lot because there's people that are getting famous and within months. people are getting millions of views within months, and how that change affects you with your mental illness with, with you personally is insane, dude. and it, people are not expecting change that fast, and I think that's right. why it affects them so much, because before they were trying to reach their dreams, but I don't think they were they, that, they were trying to uh, achieve that. And they weren't getting it. And then when once they got it so quick, they don't have... They're still not happy because it happens so fast in such a short amount of time. You get me? So,
0: yeah. So, this, this, this conversation actually comes from um, the world of YouTube. Um, I'm obviously really into YouTube because I have a YouTube channel of my own and I'm trying to learn uh, the culture of YouTube and a reoccurring conversation within the YouTube, um, family, if you will, has been this, this whole, I'm getting tired of YouTube or I've done YouTube so much and I've achieved everything that I wanted to achieve doing YouTube that I'm, that I'm still not happy. And, and in this example, this YouTuber that we watched, um, we won't name her just because we don't want to give fame to this person, but, um, they they grow so much. That's their pursuit. They're making millions. They have brand deals. They have millions of people that are in love with them as a person. And they still are alone, feel alone, feel like nobody cares, feel like what's the point. And how can it be? Like, how can it be for for any YouTuber? Like, it's any guy's dream to be walking around with a camera, making millions, you know, calling up Samsung and telling them, hey, send me a new phone or DJIA, send me a new drone and, and still be lonely and still be, you know, that to me, for some reason, it doesn't, it doesn't fit in my head. Like, what's the bigger picture then? If you have millions of people that are following you, you have tens of thousands of comments of people that want to know you, of people that want to meet you, and you still feel lonely.
2: Okay, I have two questions for you as a YouTuber, right? What is your goal as a YouTuber?
0: My goal is to share a message, to share my life and that that's probably the worst thing that I, that I, I can do as a YouTuber because people don't care.
2: Okay. And then my second question is, let's say in a month from now, you you pop off in and, and in 3 months you already have a million subscribers. How would you react? How how would that change your life?
0: I'm super grateful. Uh, to be honest with you, I I, I wouldn't know until it actually until, happens. Yeah. And yeah. But but I'm I'm hoping that when when I get to that point, because trust me, I'm gonna hustle until you get to that point. <laughs> when I when I get to that point, I hope that I can impact other people in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And not in in a a self-loathing, you know, flexing type of, mm-hmm. you know, YouTuber, but instead if I have an audience of a million people that I hope that I can impact on them further from this whole, you know, fake pursuit of happiness.
1: Interesting. Um, Carlos asks a really good question in the in the live comments. He asks, how much money did Rockefeller leave? Like, if we're talking about attaining goals, reaching goals. Hmm. Uh, according to Forbes, by the time, and this is quoted, by the time Rockefeller died in 1937... His assets, so not just the money that he had, but everything he owned, including the Standard Oil Company. His assets equaled one point five of America, one point five percent of America's total economic output. Wow. Mm. So one point five, like we talk about the one percent, the one percent, the one and a half percent was one man, which is insane. To control an equivalent share today would require a net worth of about three three hundred and forty billion dollars, which is worth four times more. Than Bill Gates, who is currently the world's richest man, and that was written in 2014.
3: Jeff Bezos is gonna get there
1: eventually. Yeah, yeah.
3: he's already what at 125,
1: 130.
0: Yeah. It's Holy cow! And man. his legacy Absolute. still
2: runs, like his money still runs to this day, right?
1: Yeah. Well. Wow. Yeah. He. It, it's not like Rockefeller just held on to all his wealth um there's very little that you can do with with wealth yeah. um the amount of charity that he poured his money into into the arts into into programs that still exist today wow. mm-hmm. um was is ridiculous um but yeah it's it's like if if anyone has attained his goal at least in the in the, in the in the in quotes american dream it was rockefeller um but how is it that he still had the ability to give a quote that says just a little bit more i need a little bit more
2: yeah. When he had
1: literally everything. When he literally had... Everything. Not everything. He didn't have 100% of the, of the economic output, but well, he yeah. had as much of a slice as anyone on on Earth has had.
3: So um, I think based on, Josh, what you were saying, and, and then Ben also what you were saying, um, as you were talking, actually, Josh, um, with this whole perspective of, like, what would you do if you blew up and had all the success? I think that's even a good... Um, Indicator if the the thing that we're pursuing is worth our pursuit, hmm. um, because I think so. Um, so, for instance, if we have to measure success on a certain playing field, um, so if it's like okay, so like my envisionment and imagination of ultimate success in this pursuit is X, Y, and Z. Like I got I, I got to answer that myself. Um, so. And I think it's just like so. If my ultimate pursuit, for instance, like if I'm on YouTube, right, and my ultimate pursuit is like to get a million subscribers, like if I get a million subscribers, okay, then now what? I have a million subscribers, and what? Am, how does that? Like, what does that quantify to do? Like, I'm famous. I'm popular. Ten million. Um, they go to ten million. keep no It's the same principle with money. Like, <laughs> no. oh, I'm at three hundred forty billion. I need more. I need more. I need more. Um, and I think even like. To go, to go even to that term, pursuit of happiness, um, I was actually just reading, um, and it, and it kind of talks about how John Locke, who is the originator, um, supposedly, of the term pursuit of happiness. Uh, for those of you who don't know, John Locke is a 17th century English philosopher, um,
1: and he is... He inspired it. He didn't write it. Jefferson penned it.
3: Well, Jefferson took it from John Locke.
1: Well, John Locke's original uh, uh, line is life, liberty, and property. Um, which Jefferson decided property wasn't the way to go when writing the Declaration of Independence, which is where it came from. So Jefferson switched out property for pursuit of happiness.
3: Right. Well, so I, I would say here, so um, so John Locke actually kind of defines that further, further the mm-hmm. pursuit of happiness. Um, and I think it's interesting because it's something that we talked about before the podcast started about like, so how, how do we define happiness? Like, what does this look like? And he actually differentiates imaginary happiness with real happiness. Um, and he says here, actually um as there uh, so the necessity of pursuing happiness is the foundation of liberty as therefore the highest perfection of intellectual nature lies in a careful and constant pursuit of true and solid happiness so the care of ourselves that we mistake not imaginary for real happiness is the necessary foundation of our liberty hmm. um and so even he says like like okay if if and and as Thomas Jefferson um, later pens it, like if we're going to pursue happiness, okay like the the term is is cute and it's pretty, but like let's let's talk about what that actually means and it's it's not this imaginary like you know uh, gut feeling it's it's there, there's some real principles that that we're pursuing here with that um, and and he says like it's the foundation of liberty right. like like the to to be able to pursue real happiness is the foundation of freedom um and so from there let's unpack it (laughs) (laughs) that that's
0: actually that's actually awesome so freedom is actually what allows us to pursue happiness and to pursue happiness is to pursue whatever makes you feel good whether it's getting subscribers whether it's making money whether it's money Growing a family, whether it's serving in ministry, we all pursue pursue happiness. Yeah.
3: I mean, it definitely goes back to, like, even uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs because Hmm. you have to have certain things met before you even start pondering. Right. What is happiness, you know? Um, I think we even talked about it in the last episode about gender roles, about how um, for a lot of generations – you know, you didn't really have the time or the capacity to be like, "Am I being fulfilled in this marriage?" Right, right. <laughs> you know? That's true. Um, because there's there's that hierarchy of needs, I guess. You know, if you're worried about where your next meal is going to come from, maybe you're not necessarily thinking of like, "What is my greater purpose in this life?" Um, but, but yeah, I, I think I think it's a good dialogue to to unpack. I think that a lot of people um, nowadays are are pursuing happiness, um, and you know like are not really sure what that looks like
0: right so so every year um someone out there makes some type of report about who is the happiest out there who is the happiest country out there and forbes for the year of 2018 um declared finland to be the happiest country of 2018 so the question here is how on earth can forbes declare finland the happiest country in 2018 like how do you even measure that i mean it's not like playing the sims where you see little you nice. know happiness bubbles and stuff and then mm-hmm. you calculate it according to i mean how,
1: how the heck do, how, the, how do you think they came up with that there's a uh, supposedly there's a report um that's published every year uh called the world's ha- the world happiness report by a, a group of of People who I don't even know who they are, um, but they they claim to have all the stats and all the info on who the happiest people are. Um, but if you actually read the report, like there's little to nothing about what, how do they actually define happiness? It's it's an extremely lengthy document, but it doesn't it it hardly tells you the methodology or anything. Um, but the language seems to suggest that they're. Um, the way that they crown who's the happiest is by surveys. How happy do you feel? Man, but we, we lie every single day about that. Hey, how do you feel?
0: I feel pretty good. You know, and you're depressed inside. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Blessed and highly favored.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Really? Are you? Or, or even on, on, on freaking YouTube. Yeah. You mm-hmm. see people on YouTube every single day going, hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Turn yeah. off the camera. And then it's like, man, I'm dead inside. What's the point? Oh yeah, kind of so like that video that we so just saw. Sad. Yeah, yeah. Exactly,
2: And then I'm going to bring in what base said. He brought up Mac Miller. He said um, Mac Miller just died and he was rich. Still sad about his death. Yeah. So, so why... Rest in peace, man. Why is it that artists and people that have um, fans that look up to them, why are they struggling so much and feeling lonely mm. when they have, like, when they're rich, when they have all the money, you know? Yeah. Why are they struggling with uh, substance abuse? Why are they struggling with mental health? When they, when they have uh, everything, like
3: not everything, but enough, yeah. you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think it goes back to even what we were talking about just a few minutes ago. With so, what is our measure of success? Um, because if you measure it on an unfulfilling playing field, then of course, when you reach it, um, most people, I think, maybe don't even think that they'll ever reach their their marker for success like because majority of people probably don't become you know world famous hip-hop artists Mm. or or world famous youtube artists so they'll just pursue this thing um but then the few that actually do get it and and realize even maybe the depravity of that desire Mm. um are are kind of face to face with with this this tension i think within themselves um you know we talk about scripture, the, the idea that there is eternity placed in the human heart and, and I call it the infinity gene, right? Where, you know, um, where there's just something in us that is just unceasingly just wanting more and more and more. And I think it like, we desire something that's everlasting. And so though, when we find it in finite things like money, so it's like, I just want to get more and more and more right. and more. Mm-hmm. Um, you, or I, I, want, I want more and more followers and more followers. And even what the the YouTube, uh, the famous YouTube person said where she has millions of followers and yet she never felt more alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so like it is, is even the depth of our pursuit that good? Um, because you meet so many people that, that are famous and they'll tell you that if they don't have a, like a foundation of people around them, if you don't have that as you rise through the ranks and as you gain notoriety it'll crumble because really the the depth of of that measurement of success is quite shallow
2: and i think sorry and i think um the most important part about that is when you have the group around you and you don't seek help or you act different in front of them with compared to when you're alone right and i think that is very dangerous and um the fact that they don't want to um, tell people how they feel and they keep it inside of them is extremely dangerous.
1: Which can, which can kind of be tied to this whole Forbes thing. Like it, It's a survey of how happy you really are. Mm-hmm. What's, what's interesting is how, 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 how is it that year to year those rankings change? Like, is, is that how, how quickly happiness is fleeting? Is like is that how, how quickly happiness can sort of just vaporize itself? Like that every year you need to, to do a recount and see, okay, are you guys still happy? Are you truly still happy? And then they have to do new rankings every year. Mm. Like, it, it sort of goes to show how, like Nick was saying, how shallow the pursuits that these people are, are going after or they're choosing to, to focus their lives on how shallow it really is if every single year it just changes like okay so maybe some people met their goals maybe new people are starting some new goals like where is the happiness Mm -hmm. where can you actually pin it down um at the end of the day um and hector you were you were mentioning something that i that i wanted to respond to but gosh darn it i kind of forgot what i was going to say because i interrupted myself
0: well you Um, know go ahead man well you know that that uh, that I would actually want to see those statistics about what made those countries drop like what changed in those surveys or in the answers of those people that suddenly you know, they came down on the list of happiness. What affected them?
3: It's like a hundred-page report. We can send it to you. That's <laughs> right, right. one hundred
0: and seventy some
3: pages. Wow, one hundred and seventy-two pages. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't Somebody nobody got some, time some for light them. reading. Water. All right,
0: so let's so <laughs> yeah. let's get personal. And and for those of you yeah. that are watching live, feel free to answer too. Um, what or how do you measure your own happiness? Mm-hmm. Like what 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 makes you happy? Like what is your pursuit? For happiness.
3: Oh, that's a really good question because yeah. I feel like that was it was what we we're talking about was about to lead to that right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like okay, so for well, not Forbes, but whoever these people who write these these world happiness reports, they're sort of claiming that they can take a temperature of the entire globe of entire nations and attribute some sort of happiness value to them. I want to see those last. I don't even
3: know. Real? <laughs> I want to pray for them.
1: I don't even know <laughs> if if I can attribute a value. To my own happiness let alone to my country let alone to a nation let alone to the world like where do i stand in this in a ranking of happiness why do we even ha- rank happiness
3: what is happiness
1: what is happiness <laughs> so like on a daily basis like yeah. d- how many of us like wake up and sort of like hmm what is my my happiness pulse today? Mm-hmm. And, and you count to sixty, and you say, ah, fifty happinesses per second. Like, it's, how? Do, what nice, is yeah. it arbitrary? How do you? How does one even go about measuring their own happiness? Mm-hmm. I can't. I've never gone a day in my life even considering, am I really happy today? am, am I am I full of joy today? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. It's not something that I that I think about. Like, but is it is it a genuine question though? Is it is it is
0: it an an okay question to respond to then? No. If uh, it's because what you're saying is true, we can't measure happiness. But does that mean th- so? Does that mean that one does not worry about happiness? Does that mean like, bro, we can't even measure happiness? So why talk about it mm-hmm. or why think about it? Is there something deeper beyond that that we should be uh, looking at, or is is happiness maybe even a facade? I mean. I'm of the belief that happiness is not real. I, I feel like like it's not real. I feel like like happiness isn't a legitimate
1: emotion. Oh whoa! Conspiracies. Whee! Hey, do we have I, like a bomb
3: drop effect?
1: <laughs> it's drop just a bomb we on need a, a soundboard. <laughs> it's kind of it's
0: kind of like it's kind of like darkness, right? Darkness isn't real. Darkness does not exist. It's darkness is see.
1: the oh, absence. Oh my god! What are you implying like, here? So. Because I feel like happiness—the happiness absence of something else, something worse. No, I feel wow. like because I feel like
0: when one when one says that they're happy, if if one truly could say that one was happy, um, that emotion can come. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to word this. I'm gonna try to word it. You guys continue with the conversation Man. because yeah. I, I have it on the tip of my tongue. Okay, you, guys, you, have you have to you guys forgive continue. Josh. He's he's unhappy right now. <laughs> I'm actually.
3: Oh, are you happy? What is happiness?
0: <laughs> so um, kind of stuck here, self-defeating. I'm
2: gonna go back to the Mac Miller thing. Oh yeah. Um, I think it goes down to like small details, like even like that they have the money to to buy this huge house. And Mac Miller was a was a single at this at this point. He had a, a girlfriend, back, like a couple months ago, he he got really bad. He got in a, in a crash, DUI, um, and he was he was going through it. But my the point that I'm trying to make is he had such a huge mansion for himself. Imagine how lonely you must feel in there. Un, un, not until you bring your friends, whatever. But like sleeping in that huge mansion. Because he had the money, he had the funds to buy that mansion. You know? So just imagine how lonely someone feels.
3: Yeah. Especially when you're single, you don't have anyone. Yeah. And, and like it's anyone. crazy because you could... You could look at that scenario and feel like, okay, so then family would be the pursuit that that mm-hmm. I'm going to go for, and yet, man, like we were we were just having a conversation, and I don't even want to like put a finger on it because it's it just boggles my mind. But but the pastor in California who had a healthy, booming, growing, large church had a beautiful wife, beautiful young kids, killed himself, um, and so it's like, man, what is what is the equation then? Like, okay, so it look at Mac Miller. So I need more loved ones around me. People have loved ones and they kill themselves. Like, oh, I need yeah. more money. I need more security. I need this or that. It's like, man, people still are 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 unfulfilled. But um, which like I said, I don't even want to touch on that because I, I see it, but I don't really know what to do with that. You know, yeah. um, but but I'll even say even what what you were saying, Josh about about the. Yeah the, the inexistence of it, or, or it's just, maybe it's just a feeling or something like that. I think, so, like, I'll contrast happiness with what I think John Locke and Jefferson meant happiness to mean in the 17th century and the 18th century, which is joy. Um, I think that's more the modern translation of that word happiness, and so I'll draw the parallel, so happiness versus joy, um, and parallel that with, like, being in love with love because we understand that um c.s lewis actually the esteemed author (laughs) the esteemed 20th century author uh he he looks at the 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 feeling of being in love and he's like that's valiant um and and it's beautiful but it's unsustainable Mm -hmm. it is it is in the same way like i am hungry Mm -hmm. i am in love i am happy i am sad you know um and i think that there's something that that it is it can carry people through through certain situations um like we all have had those you know just mountaintop days just like Man, like this feels awesome like this is a great day a lot of cool things happened today like those are that's happiness right in in a, in a certain sense like that's like wow, i just had a really happy day uh we maybe wouldn't use language like that maybe it's a little bit deeper but um and but then there's 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 an underlying joy Maybe hopefully that, that even in the days that are dark and, and lonely and, and isolating and, and frustrating, there, there's something more substantial mm-hmm. than just like, man, I don't feel good today." because so to answer the question personally, like um, that the measure, my overall happiness it fluctuates, man. Like, like it could be, I could be on the mountaintop at 1 PM and and feel like crap at 2 (laughs) PM based on how the day goes, based on who cuts me off in traffic, based on what somebody texts me or says to me. Um, it can go up and down, however, but, but I think that there is something that we should pursue a little bit with more vigor and, 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 and try to harness and try to uh, value that 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 joy that it's like man like come what may highs or lows like rain or shine like there's this unsettling like peace right yeah uh, and i think agreed.
0: and i think and i think that's exactly what i was getting to i think and then that that was my whole argument when it comes to happiness look like rockefeller's the the example that we used at the beginning you never find it so does it i mean i believe like one can be content with, what they're, with the situation that they're currently in, no matter how bad or how good That's it is. That's a choice, is. yeah. But if one never finds happiness, does it exist? Like if, if, if one can never, like one can say I'm happy, but you're really not happy because you're still trying to get that raise because you're still trying to grow your family because you're still, you know, going to get in your car and wish you had a newer one. So, I mean, are we really happy? So I don't, I don't feel like, like when people say that they're happy or when people use happiness as... as as an emotion, is like, bro. I don't know anyone. If Rockefeller wasn't, if freaking Solomon, who was the richest man in the entirety of the history of the world, wasn't happy, he's the one that said the eternity thing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, is does it exist? The chasing
1: know. of the wind. There it
0: is. So that's mm. that's my that's what that's where I stood. Thank you for that for yeah, that. You kind of helped just me a little. We need to open up there.
3: Ecclesiastes. Yeah, <laughs> 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 and, and just get in our feelings. This this, too, whole, this too
1: was meaningless.
3: Come
2: on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Do you think um people mistake happiness with temporary satisfaction
1: no no i don't think i don't th- and i think this is this is this is sort of to tie into the overall uh, message that i think nick and josh are both you know they're they're pushing towards and, and sort of firmly establishing the foundation that happiness is not something that you can pursue mm-hmm. happiness is happiness um, by all definitions is a response to the conditions that you live in and you can never for as much control as we can exert on the things around us we're never fully in control of the things that happen to us so there are going to be times where it's just it's not possible for your body to physically or chemically or hormonally or, or what have you react with happiness because that is what happiness is it's a reaction to your circumstances um can i measure it and I can only measure it as much as I can measure my anger or my sadness or my hunger or, or the pain that I feel. Like it's, it's so arbitrary. It's like, Oh, how would you rate your pain? I don't know. How would I rate my happiness? I I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like what, what do I have to compare it to how I was feeling yesterday? I forgot how that felt already because clearly (laughs) I'm crying. I'm bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Right. Like for me, it's such a, it's such a misleading question. Um, that society in and of itself constantly asks, why can't I be happy? Where is my happiness? I have reached the goals that I've set for myself. Why am I not happy? It's like, um, because those are not things that, that, that dictate your happiness. like, what dictates your happiness is your hormonal imbalance or what, what you're feeling right now. Um, that's why when, when people talk about mental disorder, uh, mental disorders, specifically depression, it's like it's not a state of mind thing. It's not just a cheer up thing. It's legitimately my mind and my body is not allowing me. I'm having issues making these connections with different emotions and I'm constantly in this one state of mind, right? That's why when we talk about uh, depression and suicide, right? It's like, you can't just sugarcoat it and just say that it's a it's X, Y, and Z that, need it, that you need to do better. That you need to do better. That you just need to you, you pick yourself up. You know, like it. Sometimes you can't because you physically, mentally, hormonally, you literally you cannot, and you need help. You need, uh, whether it's uh, drugs or whether it's therapy um, or or whether it's God. I mean, whatever, what, what have you? What you, what, what they might need is a miracle. Um, but a lot of times, like people lose, they lose sight of that. They lose sight of how temporary happiness is, not because happiness is fleeting as so much as you just can't always be happy. Right. It, that's just the way that it is. You, you won't always be happy. So if we're kind, of, we're kind of,
0: and correct me if I'm wrong, but we're kind of debunking the pursuit of happiness. If, if that's a true statement, if, if really the pursuit of happiness is, is something that is not going to happen what do we replace it with? If so many people have been pursuing this happiness and haven't been successful, if people have been pursuing happiness think that they found happiness but then end up twice as depressed as they were before because they realize that they didn't find that happiness within the happiness so that makes them twice as depressed, which, is, which I've seen hundreds of times, then what are we supposed to be pursuing? What is the answer then? Okay, Josh, so you're telling us we're supposed to be living depressed lives? So okay, Joshua, you're telling me that there should be no pursuit of happiness, and I should just be content that my entire family was murdered, and I have no food because I live in a country where I'm constantly being attacked. So if if happiness is not the answer, if there is no such thing as a pursuit for happiness, if 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 we, because we're kind of giving a negative narrative here, what is the what is the result? What is the answer then to to happiness?
1: Let's let's read the the. The phrase or the the line uh, that sort of cemented this phrase into the American lexicon, uh, if for lack of a better word. Um, that's a terrible word. That's not even the right word at all. Um, but the reason why we as Americans especially always use the word pursuit of happiness, the reason why Will Smith was starred in the very, very good movie Pursuit of Happiness, um, it comes from the Declaration of Independence. It was written by Thomas Jefferson, um, borrowing from John Locke. Um, and this is where, and this is where, especially conservatives, they always use this line because it's it's a very very uh, telling line. when with the whole argument of oh, is is were the founders Christian or was this really Judeo-Christian values that we established this country on? But this is what he says, and this is the quote from the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be, so, to be uh, self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And happiness, interestingly enough, is capitalized just like life and liberty. I actually recently uh, gave a, a sermon about joy, the fruit of the spirit. We were doing the fruit of the spirit. It's been a hot minute since I've taught, but... We were doing the Fruit of the Spirit, um, and when we got to Joy, I decided to sort of focus on this line because this is a, a line that a lot of Americans, especially, they like to cling to when talking about, no, no, but I have a right to X, Y, and Z. You can't infringe on my right, especially today, PC culture, SJWs. No, no, you're infringing on my rights, or, or whatever that means, right? Um, this all sort of came from and stemmed from this one line written by Thomas Jefferson, which is sort of the reason why the, 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 the then colonies saw it, that it was within their right to break away from Great Britain, right? It, it, is found, it was founded in this one line. But what's interesting is, again, is that last line and the pursuit of happiness. Why would Thomas Jefferson say, you have the right to life, you have the right to liberty, but you don't have the right to happiness. You have the right to the pursuit of happiness, right? Okay. Um, what, what, what we should, what we should ask here is how can anyone claim that the pursuit of happiness is a God-given right? Because that's what Thomas Jefferson is claiming. That's what Thomas Jefferson penned, um, in that sentence that we have, we were endowed a right to the pursuit of happiness by the creator, meaning God, a capitalized C. How can anyone say that? Knowing full well, and, and Nick was hinting at this already, knowing full well that happiness is not something that can be achieved. Like, I know a lot of people want to say that Thomas Jefferson wasn't a Christian, but he was, all accounts would suggest that, yes, he is. He was a Christian. At the very least, he was very well informed on mm-hmm. Christian tradition and Christian teaching. How, how is it that he would say such a thing? Knowing that it's not attainable. Where did that come from? Are we reading it wrong or was he just wrong? Well, I mean, throughout the Bible, if,
0: if, we, get, if we get biblical into it, let's pull out a lot of Bibles. Um, the, there is this ongoing human hole that we have that, that the Israelites went through, that Adam and Eve went through, that it was the absence of something. And it was constantly man trying to figure out what that absence of something was. And God would appear, God would bless, God would provide. Mm-hmm. That happiness would come, and mm-hmm. then it would disappear. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you see it really clear when, when the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, they were not basing their purpose, if you will, on the things of god but on this happiness on this pursuit for happiness and they were constantly feeling feeling empty and ultimately this pursuit for happiness god was like okay you guys are insane because i feel and and, and the, the the bible kind of backs it up i feel like the pursuit of happiness is something that god had to halt it's like you realize that this pursuit for, of happiness is an endless game with yourselves that i'm constantly trying to show you what joy is, what the purpose of, of, of your life is, where you can really feel fulfillment because I mean at the end of the day, happiness is our fulfillment. Mm-hmm. We feel how we feel fulfilled. And it's not until he's like, okay, halt, forget it, you guys aren't understanding. Here's the ultimate gift that is going to lead you to that fulfillment. And and it's answered. So I feel like when when Jefferson wrote the pursuit for happiness is it's exactly what is all mm-hmm. over the Bible. Mankind is looking for this, for this fulfillment, and we're constantly trying to pursue it. The, the, the mistake is we're not pursuing the right thing because every single man that pursued not God was never happy. And, and even nowadays, people that are not pursuing God and are pursuing, quote unquote, happiness are still not happy.
1: I think you you just brought up Adam and Eve, and for me that's a really good point when you think about it like what is free will let's get into this oh, for a split second wait a minute, wait a minute um so Adam and Eve were in perfect communion with the creator yeah they they had that connection they were without sin. Until obviously they fell and they introduced them into the world to humanity. That, exactly, that. yeah. <laughs> um, we need sound effects, man. <laughs> yeah, we do. We need that soundboard. <laughs> we, do, we do. Um, but but like like think about it, Adam and Eve, perfect communion with God. Like like you want to talk about the pursuit of happiness? They've got it. They're with God. That should that is happiness. Well, but uh, happiness is an emotion. Mm. I, I, again, happiness is a r- response. To, to what you're going through. And how is it that the serpent was able to tempt Eve? The serpent was able to tempt Eve by sort of manipulating her emotion and making something that she know, she knew she shouldn't have had and made it appealing. He made it, he made it look like the fruit was something that was being kept away from her. So suddenly she had a goal. Her goal was get that fruit. right? Because once I get that fruit, then, then I'll really be fulfilled. Then I'll really be happy because once I ate that fruit, then I'll be like God, right?
3: Forgetting that she was made like God.
1: Forgetting that she was already made in the image of God. But no, that wasn't enough. She wanted to be able to think like God thought. But that comes with its downsides because as a perfect Mm -hmm. God, he knows both good and evil. Yet being perfect, he's able to resist all evil and be good. Mostly because he's the one that defines these things, yeah, So that's, that's good. a good, that's a good benefit. Um, but uh, but again, like think about that perfect communion that she had, and she still fell because her pursuit wasn't the wrong things. So let's again think about what Jefferson is saying here. He's not he's not stupid enough to say that that God gives you the right to happiness because he knew that even in perfect communion with God, God did not ensure happiness to Eve. Because he knew that, uh, well, God knew that happiness was an emotion and that, that it could be manipulated no matter what happened. I mean, look at Jesus. Perfect is God. He still wept. There were moments where he was not happy, but mm. he constantly pursued happiness. Come on now.
3: For the joy set before him endured the cross. It has always boggled and- my mind because I think it, when you come face to face with like the epitome of human suffering... And yet there was a joy set before him, like there there, there was a there was a decision in that place that there, there was and I think as you were saying, and, and Hector's about to say something, um, there's like and there's an identity thing I, I think that we're poking at there um, and I think you touched on it with that idea of, you know, hey, eat this and become like God, well, I'm already like God. I think when when Satan tries to tempt Jesus, hey, if you do this." like prove to me that you are the son of God. Like I'll give you all these kingdoms as if Jesus didn't already have all these kingdoms Mm -hmm. as if he wasn't already in possession, like, like a, do this. And, and you'll be saved as if God didn't already have his hand to save him and and already, you know, so I think it, it, it stems down to this identity thing that, that we can be even maneuvered out of like a secure placing.
2: Right. I guess. Um, I don't, um, I was interested when you said uh, joy and not happiness. In that, um, do you think we're chasing the wrong thing? You think that knowing mm. the difference between joy and happiness will affect us or no? Yeah. Chasing joy or chasing happiness? Chasing something that is temporary and doesn't really fulfill you, and chasing something that does fulfill
0: you. Well, can I answer that? You can chase happiness, and this is the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You can chase happiness because y- happiness is something that's never attainable. Joy is attainable immediately,
3: or it's fleetingly
0: attainable because you feel it and yeah. then you don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like anything, any other Oh yeah, way. that goes. That, yeah, that goes back to my thing that I don't think there's
3: any. <laughs> like, it's a good thing, but <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah. It, but it can't be the. It can't be the compass. Like hunger. Right. Right. Like I, I was made to eat. Right. Like so that's good. But if my whole life is directed around eating like I'm gonna be obese and like I'm gonna be in some really bad paces mm-hmm. like he's talk about other 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 you know temporal good things like even sex like sex a good thing but if I make that the only thing and the one thing and 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 the thing that I like position all of who I am around it will never satisfy. So I think maybe like we've been putting a weight on happiness that, that is, that is really unsustainable. Good. That's a
1: really good point. Right? It really ties to what Josh was saying, sort of coming to light. Maybe happiness really isn't a thing. Maybe since we were putting so much pressure or so much focus on happiness, we are suddenly realizing how unattainable happiness really is because you can't force yourself to be happy. It's impossible.
3: Right, but but it's a feeling. In, in the same way that, that yeah, yeah, hunger, sure. exactly. like, anger, all these different things are feelings. And I think that you know when we talk about like it's kind of interesting Hector you were talking about he, say it again say it again about ch- chasing something that's temporary which chasing. is a happiness and chasing something yes. joy which is actually attainable yeah yeah it's good um Andy Stanley um great communicator uh great pastor uh great leadership guy um puts a lot of good content out about leadership you guys give me blank stares. You guys are familiar with him? Yes. Heck yes. Okay, thank you. Um, good, 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 good. So Andy Stanley, um, he has this perspective on purpose, because I think some of this even plays into purpose mm-hmm. and, and yeah, what yeah. Of meaning and, of and, and all those different things. Um, he talks about that, that you'll never really find purpose within yourself, that purpose is always... Um, something that is discovered when you go outside of yourself. Um, He even talks about the word meaning, like the root of it is to be a means. So we understand that a means is to an end. But when you make the means the end, like you're just chasing your own tail. Right, of course. Um, The chasing of the wind. Exactly. And so I think a lot of times, especially people our age, you know, we're thinking, oh, what is my purpose? What is my meaning? You know, that's even the wrong question, because we think that our meaning is wrapped up in ourselves, but we were not made to like be our own sustainable universe. Like we have people around us and we have like a creator, like we've been saying, like even the way we've been saying it. Um, And I think that we're trying to find meaning in ourselves as if like, we don't like, but meaning is a means to an end. I think when we wrap ourselves around with a sustainable and good end, like we can actually without even really trying to because you never fall asleep trying to fall asleep you fall asleep when you're not trying to fall asleep. Yeah,
1: that's it's it's interesting cuz w- what you're pointing out is sort of one of the the great paradoxes. It's it's one of the catch 22s of society today. Mm. Like we live in a society that prioritizes pleasures um and emotion more than anything in in, in the world That's like right. it, it's if you feel good you do it, 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 it and if and if you and if you're happy you do it or, or whatever makes you feel good right whatever floats your boat right you, you I have no right to infringe on your desire to pursue whatever it is that makes you feel good right for a nation that focuses so much on that stuff or a society why are we as an entire nation so unhappy like kind of stemming to what Nick was saying like I think the reason one of the one of the the reasons why we do that is because we we think too much on the individual and when we think too much on the individual there is no meaning there is no purpose mm. right because we're not we're not animals animals only think about the individual they think about what needs they need to fulfill whatever uh hunger pangs or sex drives or whatever it is that they need their instincts need to be fulfilled in order for them to be happy right like a leopard who's looking around for a mate is not interested in the preservation of its species. It's interested in satisfying its hormonal cravings at that moment, right? And I feel like that's something that society has devolved into. It says, all right, what's, what's, what's my latest uh, hunger? What's my latest drive? What, what, what is it that I need? And then as they pursue this constantly, they have this weird way of just sitting back and asking, what's my purpose? What's my meaning? Um, I mean, if we're looking at your life, your purpose is to satisfy whatever whim comes across your body. Like like becoming a slave to yourself, becoming a slave to your to your to your desires. Hmm. Um, it, very much in light uh, in what uh, Paul talks about throughout the book of Romans, um, being a slave to sin, sinfulness, which in in reality is just being a slave to mm. your flesh and your fleshly desires and drives, yeah. which are in, in essence very animalistic.
3: It's when wanting to have it becomes having to want it. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So you're
3: saying um, finding the
2: purpose, not my purpose.
1: Yeah. Finding the purpose will help you find my purpose. But again, like society is in this place where they want purpose and they're looking for purpose, but they don't care enough to start trying to dominate their own desires. Mm -hmm. Right? Like it doesn't doesn't matter what you guys say about me as long as my desires are fulfilled. Right. Don't step on my toes because my desires aren't fulfilled. And then they turn around and they ask, why don't I have purpose? We're communal beings. Like, for all of human history, we've lived in societies. We Mm. lived with each other. Our purpose and and our design is in each other. Yeah. Right? So, for society to be in this place where it's all about the individual and their, their individual feelings... Um, If that's how we were really designed, we would be like the snow leopards who sort of live on the mountain by themselves and they just do things Um, as opposed to these communal uh, groups, these kinship ties, these families, these organizations, these communities that have been what made us as powerful and as successful as we are today. Mm -hmm. And it's this misinterpretation, like Nick was saying way back when, of what Thomas Jefferson was talking about when he said the pursuit of happiness. Like capital H happiness, not the fleeting emotion happiness, not like fleeting life. We don't just have a right to life. We have a right to capital L life. We have a a right to capital L liberty, Mm. like something that's bigger than the individual. When he talks about the pursuit of happiness, a God-given right to a pursuit of happiness, people like to ignore that whole God-given, the creator endowed this part. And they just like to say, oh, but God gave me the right or i was created with the right It's like you weren't created with anything like if if you think that your right of happiness is to party it up every single night and do next to nothing to edify society or yourself
2: and that's where you find happiness
1: and that's where you find your happiness no wonder you're 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 miserable yeah mm. like like your happiness was your youtube account your happiness was your subscriber count how many likes and dis- or how many likes you got how many positive comments you got you're you're it, for me, it, it's it's contradictory. It's a catch-22. Like, which is it? Do you want purpose or do you want fulfillment? A, a fulfillment in a very fleshly way. That, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. the wrong word I was using uh, there. Yeah. But like, satisfaction. Satisfaction. There you go. That's the word. Do you want purpose or do you want satisfaction? Because if you have a purpose, you're not always going to be satisfied. In yeah, fact, yeah. you're never going to be satisfied. You're always going to want to continue to improve yes, yourself. Mm.
3: Yeah. And, and what ends up happening is you can even like the very thing that you didn't want to do in the moment or, or yeah, the very thing that, that you wanted to do in the moment. If you actually abstain based on, on higher principles, you actually see that you're, you're tra- you're retraining. You know, the mind has kind of like these, these pathways, right. Um, that are built on habits and built on mm-hmm. practices and disciplines. And you can over time recreate pathways in your brain. Um, and so the very thing that you don't want to do, like, I don't want to exercise. Like, I just don't. Like, And maybe some people, I don't know anybody listening listened to this, is just like, yeah, they're just like, I wake up and I can't wait every single day to just feel painful. <laughs> like, I don't know who feels like that all, all the time. But it's just like, I don't want to. But when I push past in the moment what I don't want to do, I actually over the long term, like, I, I find a deeper, like, what I wanted actually like a lot of times what we want long-term conflicts with what we want Mm -hmm. Mm short-term and we come to this like, like, well, it's not making me happy. Well, which happiness you want, you want long-term or you want short-term. Um, but I think even like what you were saying is really good. And I think there's two things to, to definitely like, like keep in mind for the listener even, uh, one that, that this isn't, this isn't a new thing. People like, misguided in purpose and misguided in identity and stuff like that. I think it's honestly like we've been saying like kind of a human condition. Um, It didn't just happen within the past 50 years in America that it's been something people have always struggled with their purpose and, and with just this, this thing inside of them that just is unsatisfied with what they see around them. The infinity gene Um, like Solomon Penns chapters and chapters and chapters of just this fleeting feeling that he has he has every single temporal desire satisfied and he's like man but at the end of the day I think he finishes off in Ecclesiastes like like pursue God like chase after God like because he's like because I have everything and I had seasons in my life where I didn't and it felt cool for like a minute but at the end of the day like there's, there's there's something more happening and then the second thing um So that 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 it's not just like a twenty eighteen issue; it's a human issue, I think. Oh yeah. Um. But then the second thing, even as we were talking, was that um. I think that you know, if you look at, we would talk about Adam and Eve, um, and this idea was kind of brought to me by a good friend of mine. Um, this idea that so Adam was in the garden, lifeless, like he was formed. But he had no life. He had he had the body. He had he had all the parts. He had, he had everything that you would have needed to be alive. But he wasn't alive, like. Hmm. And and it took God, like the 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 Hebrew ruha, like God's breath, His life, His spirit. It took God's breath, God's life, into Adam, to like be arised and and, and to awaken. And I think even um. In, uh, in Ezekiel 37, where they, they talk about the regeneration of those bones and the, the dry bones, and then and they start to form muscles and this incredible thing's happening. And yet, they land, they're lifeless. They have the muscles, they have the, they, they have the full bodies, and they're lifeless. And, 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 and the breath of God comes, and, and all of a sudden, they come alive. And, um, and I think it's the same thing even, so draw that parallel, that we can have all the external stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, we can have the house, the family, the four hundred one k, the the security, <laughs> the the two point five cars and three point five kids and dog and cat and and all these different things that that Americans have deemed to be the measure of success. And if there's not the like the, like the breath of God, like the the life of God, like the the, this is something within us that just needs something more, like life, life, you know. Um, I think. We can have a lot of great things and still be dead. Yeah.
0: So with a nation that is so unhappy, suicide rates are going above any statistic that we have seen in, in past years. And so many conversations about mental health, depression. Even though we're a, a super successful country, rather than the number one country in the world, and we have every single possibility to do everything that we want to do. And there's so many people that have gone to the top. And there's still so much unhappiness. What, is, what would you guys respond to those people that are feeling unhappy? What would you respond to that YouTuber who, after everything that they've accomplished, everything that they've said, they still haven't found mm-hmm. that happiness?
1: How would you guys respond with, to that? With empathy. With empathy. And with yeah. pain in the same way that Jesus responded when he saw, or he, or when it, it finally came and he realized it face to face with the death of his friend Lazarus. He wept. Like the, the one time, well not the one time, but the first time the Bible mentions that he was, that he wept where he showed human emotion in, at a degree like that. It's mm-hmm. like his friend had died and Jesus wept, but even still... Jesus, obviously, he knew that within a few seconds, he would rise up and he would call Lazarus out of the tomb. Yeah. But even still, Jesus wept knowing that his friend was in that condition. I mm-hmm. think that it behooves us as Christians to weep with those who are fallen, with those who are lost, yeah. with those who don't know where they are. Even though we know that all they need is the call of Christ yeah. for that unhappiness to just sort of disappear for them to be filled with that joy
3: yeah that's where compassion needs to come before correction exactly
1: like Mm. Jesus Jesus had compassion even though he knew he could have just straight up walked to the tomb and say Lazarus come forth like he had the power (laughs) his actual voice yes his voice has that power his voice has that authority his breath his life has that authority but he still wept because empathy because human emotion is a thing that we all cope with Mm. Right. even though he knew he would be joyous and hold Lazarus in his arms again within a few moments there's still that that natural response that we all go through and it's important for us to realize that everyone is sad at times the, the, there's natural responses to things that go on that are beyond your control but that doesn't mean that your pursuit of happiness ends Right. just because you're down in the dumps for one point doesn't mean that your pursuit of happiness ends excuse me but I want to end this little diatribe on this one note, which is extremely important. Because when Thomas Jefferson writes the line, you have the God-given right to a pursuit of happiness, he's not talking about you have a right to be happy or you have a right to pursue pleasures. He's literally penning these words before the uni- the, the 13 colonies declares war on the number one superpower of the world, Great Britain the largest and most powerful army that they don't even send their own soldiers. They're so rich and they're so powerful, they sent German soldiers to, or Hessian soldiers to fight the war for them because that's how powerful they were. They didn't even expend their own people's blood. They had the, the most powerful uh, navy that controlled most of the world at that time, including the 13 colonies. And in the, the Declaration of Independence, which was literally a declaration of war, against britain that we are going to fight against you for our independence thomas jefferson pens the word we have the right to the pursuit of happiness what does that mean Well, read the rest of the declaration of independence where it talks about this is why we're doing what we're doing because this is what we believe in and we have a right to pursue our beliefs we have a right to pursue our values that's what Thomas Jefferson means when he wrote The Pursuit of Happiness, not the pursuit of feeling good because he knows war does not feel good, not the, not the, the pursuit of something that you know will happen because he did not have an, any, any idea what would happen once he signed that Declaration of Independence. Every single one of the people who signed that Declaration of Independence knew that in putting their name on that piece of paper, that if Britain won and they caught them, they would be the first ones to be executed publicly. And made as an example that you don't do this to this empire. They knew it. It was their death warrant. They were rich men, influential men, men of God. And they still decided that that was the risk they were going to take because that was their pursuit of happiness. They believed in those values. They believed in what was written on that document. And they took the risk anyways. And the rest of the country followed suit. So when we want to tie this back to ourselves... It's not a pursuit of whatever makes you feel good. It's a pursuit of whatever you think or whatever you know feels right and correct and moral. And it's tied to a basic moral code that comes from Jewish Christian tradition. A code that comes straight from the Bible that those men were believing in. Because they felt, this is tyrannical if we maintain ourselves under this government they're going to tell us how we need to worship they're going to tell us how we can wh- how we can practice whatever religion whatever doctrine it is that we want they're going to tell us how we have to live our lives how much money we're supposed to sacrifice to them like this isn't living this isn't liberty they wanted liberty they wanted those things for themselves and they believed in those things so strongly that they were willing to put their lives on the line in the same way that Jesus who believed in what he was doing so strongly who 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 Sweat tears of blood and and pleaded with God, Lord, if there's another way, may this cup pass for me, but He still took up the cross with joy Thomas because Jefferson he saw Jesus <laughs> because he <laughs> saw what was coming, and I think that's something that the United States or at least society as a whole, and especially churches today, have lost sight of it, It's no longer fighting for your beliefs. I mean, look at all these mega churches we were talking about Hillsong Church when we were talking about what's wrong with churches just laying face down in the face of these SJWs with the question of, well, well, homosexuality, what does it have to do with the church? Oh, man, Jesus didn't talk about it. We don't got to talk about it. Yeah, Jesus had his own cross to bear. Bear your cross. Fight for those things. Pursue your own happiness. Fight the good fight. Where is your fight, man? Mm. It's interesting. Could we we just use the,
3: like, the empathy card, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Which, so the... That just opened up a can of worms, I feel. Uh, <laughs> the empathy card. <laughs> but compassion before correction. Um, and I think in the same way that we that we that we talk about, like, um, caring for those who are going through, like, depression and those who are going through, like, some really, like, dark things, um, like those who are going through identity and, like, and trying to figure out who they are and trying to figure out um, what makes sense and, like, you know, all these different things. Like, I think in the same way, like, compassion before correction has, always, has always been mine. 100%. My my take to it. But this is good, man. This it's really one of the stuff. things
1: that the church sort of forgets every now and again. They don't... First is that compassion thing. It's like, oh, it's not about the compassion. It's about just saying, you no. Know, but at the same time, yeah, you need to have compassion with an individual on an individual level. Yeah. But you can't... You can't waste your tears on a group of on a collective of people that have outright rejection. I mean, look at Jesus, like he didn't cry for everyone. He, he he didn't he didn't cry for the Pharisees. He he put the Pharisees in their place because he knew their hearts, he understood their hearts. We don't know people's hearts, but
2: And Carlos Carbonell just said something incredibly awesome. He brought up the the prodigal son. He used that as an as an example. Um he said that he was His father and under he was under his father's rule. But he was mistaken he mistakenly thought that happiness meant independence from his father. Then he soon came to the realization that his mistake and being ready to come back to sorry, he soon realized his mistake and when he came back, his father was ready to be submissive in order submissive to him. To accept him back, no matter what he did, to re- and that made him realize um, his true happiness. That's, that's where, hit, back to where, to where it all started, mm-hmm. was where his happiness, his happiness was. And I think that was just a great comment to, to piggyback on whatever you guys said. To submit
1: saying. him, he, like not just be submissive to his father, but to, to submit himself even more than he was before. Exactly. Not yes. just as his son, he said, oh, I'll go back as his servant. Like, so I'll go back lower and I know I'll still be happy. I know I'll find that happiness. There's a deeper, there's a deeper meaning to all this.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I feel to, to wrap this up because we're, we're a little over time is um, our fulfillment, our happiness shouldn't be a pursuit. There is an answer to that happiness or to, to joy, to fulfillment, to, to your purpose. It's obviously ongoing for us as humans, not because we didn't find it. It's ongoing because we continue to let go of it, and then we have to kind of grab it again, mm-hmm. and then remember, and then we let go of it again, and then we gotta grab it. It's 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 this it's this battle with the flesh, right? That that, that Paul mentions, and if if I had to respond to to anyone that I know that is struggling with, with any type of, of depression, with, with thinking about what their purpose is, or if they can really find fulfillment or happiness in anything that the world brings, is the world isn't going to bring you that fulfillment. No matter what you do, no matter how many followers, money, family, perfect American white picket fence life you pretend that you're living, you're never gonna find that fulfillment here on Earth,
2: and unfortunately, they 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 try to find that fulfillment with other things, and that's what leads to substance abuse too. Correct. That that's what led to to the death of Mac Miller.
1: Not just Mac Miller. So many others. No, too. no, yeah, uh, that's so an example. So many others too. But yeah, like Robin Williams of all people. Yeah, mm-hmm. they 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 seem all,
2: all happy and stuff. Even though Mac Miller wrote about his feelings and stuff, but but still, they they seem like they they have it all from our point of view, but in reality they're struggling so much and they're just not opening up. And, and it's
1: one of those things to sort of to, to, yeah. to help us close this all yeah. off is it, it feels like it's a bigger problem today when it's really not like Nick was saying this has been a thing with the human condition forever. Just today it feels a little bit more hopeless because we're connected with so many different people that we don't really know and we think or we're projecting happiness onto them because in our minds we're like oh that's what happiness is but then we get that shocking news that oh these people they ended their lives and we're like dude that was them they looked like they had it all together what about me i have nothing together how much more hopeless is it for me and they just you know it's like this sort of like cycle of, yeah. of depravity yeah. of depression yeah. that just it can't break just because of how connected we are today but like again this is something that has that people have struggled with forever For all of you, uh, the first man and the first woman, even before they fell, they struggled with this. It's not a sin to struggle with it, by the way. No, of course not. It's not not a sin to struggle with it. It is a sin to succumb to it Mm. and to let your emotions dictate what it is that that you're going through or to allow your emotions to cloud your judgment, right? Just like it's not a sin to drink, but it Mm. is a sin to get to a point where it clouds your judgment to get drunk. Um, But I think that's a good way to... uh, uh, to sort of to seal things up a little bit I don't know if anyone has any other closing, closing thoughts closing thoughts Nick Hector
3: um man this is get, it's all got me thinking a lot um man thinking about because like, I'm, th- I'm, I'm processing like my own life journey even within this whole thing and and kind of how I, I'm interested I'm interested to kind of even like how this looked for you guys individually but um Oh, I have
1: my testimony.
3: Yeah, maybe for maybe for another night because man, I'd love to hear it, but and I'd love to share it too, but um, just yeah, as I'm thinking about it, man, I just I can't uh, escape just the notion that
0: you just have to find someone bigger than you.: well, we're, we're soon going to have a bonus podcast then uh, where we're going to talk a little bit about struggles. Struggles are real, and no matter what you see on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or in the social media like Benji was bringing up, that's fake. There is so much struggle that is going on behind the face. Even when you meet people face to face, hey, how are you doing? Doing good. How about you? But you're dying and rotting inside. Mm-hmm. You know, there is struggle, internal struggle. And uh, if you haven't realized that yet i mm-hmm. I suggest you get to know people. I suggest that you get to have those those real conversations with people. and um, in our next bonus podcast I, I think that's a that's an awesome an awesome conversation to have what what really are the struggles and 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 we can open up a little bit, you know because uh I think that's super important not just for for us, but for the people, the people, Listen. the viewers, the audience. To, to also understand that it, it looks aren't everything, and the way that we display ourselves aren't everything. There's masks.
3: No matter how good we look.
0: <laughs> no matter how yeah. sharp we look. No
3: matter how good we sound. <laughs> we do struggle too.
0: That's true. That's my, my unreliable sources, and uh, I think my wife is calling.